a group called Zubrivka from their second CD called Vecernesi, which means Evening Party, and a song about a girl who is um, sending a very discouraging message to a hapless would-be suitor. Te domena nechodea by Zubrivka from Toronto. Dobri večer, šenovni radiju suhiči, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio peredaču Naš Holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja, kotra podjeci vam jak svečajno šo subotea o šostiho deni na Bahatomovni radiju stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina Makwari, djakuju šo ve bole suhičame sjoni večeri, ta rišele perebute zimnoju nastupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Paulette Demchuk Macquarie Pokadinska Pavlina and I'm delighted to have you with me. In this hour, a couple of features I've been meaning to share and um, they're not time sensitive so they kind of, well, sort of one of them is, but they kind of got pushed off to the side and uh, so I'm going to share them with you today. One of them is a fascinating radio documentary by our syndicator Keith Perron of PCJ Radio International in Taiwan, and it is about a Ukrainian national orchestra and some unusual music that they have done over the years, as well an interview with Nadia Kazimira, who was the narrator of the three-part series that we aired in April and May about the Kuban Cossacks, and that interview somehow fell through the cracks, but still timely. I think it's a great story behind the story, so stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, and since uh, this is a time of year where we're celebrating Canada Day, 
of course, on July 1st and American Independence Day south of the border. Our friends are celebrating on July 4th. So the rest of our music will be reflecting those two national holidays. And for our next song, we'll be staying here in Canada. And this is a song that I've often referred to in the past as my favorite Canadian unity song. And these days, I think we could use something like that. So here's a song by a group from Eastern Canada singing a song about a city in Western Canada. Dunai from Toronto with the Edmontoni in Edmonton.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Another American artist, Alia Chudoba Fritz, and she's just a little bit north of New York. And there is another song about a girl in a pear tree. Posaju ya This girl is sitting under a pear tree.
Next is Keith Perron of PCJ Radio International, and this is the fellow who is responsible for distributing the international edition of Nash Holos around the world on AM, FM, shortwave, and satellite radio. And when he's not doing radio or hosting television shows, Keith is always on the lookout for interesting stories in the world of music, and here is one that he thought we would be interested in. Welcome to everyone's favorite game show, I Didn't Know That or That Surprised Me. Well, here's a little surprise for you. The orchestra that you're taking a listen to now is the National Ukraine Radio Dance Orchestra. They've been around for a number of years, and a few years ago they did a session for Ukrainian radio playing the music of Broadway. The National Ukraine Radio Dance Orchestra has a very strange repertoire. Well, they play everything, as we heard from Broadway to classical to jazz to rock and roll. And they did this through their entire history, even going back to the 1960s. 
It was in the 1960s that they ended up performing music that was more or less banned in the Soviet Union and other Eastern Bloc countries. And in 1968, they recorded an album that was released in East Germany, Ukraine, the Soviet Union, and other Eastern Bloc countries, which is odd because the title is called, believe it or not, Ukrainsky Gogo. That's right, Ukrainsky Gogo. And you know what the title track from it was? I'm not even going to introduce it because you'll know right away what it is. the National Ukraine Radio Dance Orchestra, which continues to perform today. The orchestra itself also performs under the Ukraine National Symphony Orchestra, which they change the name depending on what kind of music they're performing. So there you have it. You see, Western pop music wasn't entirely banned during the time of the Cold War in that part of the world. An odd arrangement, nevertheless. It must have been interesting in the studio to see them groovying away. You know, I can picture them going, Oh, this is very nice, comrade. Come on, let us shake it. Anyway, let's move on now to an interesting orchestra that I came across quite recently. They are students between the age of 15 and 18. They're studying music at the National Academy of Music in Kiev. They actually released a CD... And it's not made up of traditional Ukrainian music. No, it's made up of popular Western pop music from the UK, the United States, Australia. A mixture of jazz and blues and even rock and roll on a couple of tracks. Now, the singer's name is Elena Brochek. Elena Brochek. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and I'm probably not. Here she is singing a song that, well, I think many of you will know. It was a song made popular by Irene Carr called Flashdance. And I should tell you that she's singing this song phonetically. Students from the National Academy of Music in Kiev, who are between the ages of 15 and 18, I think the oldest member is 19, they're performing Irene Carr's Flashdance. Now, there's an interesting group from Belgium, but not entirely. The group is now based in Belgium, but their parents moved to Belgium in the 1960s from Ukraine. The group is called Trois Sœurs. Which, if you translate into English from French, means three sisters. And I should mention that they're actually not three sisters. They are actually three brothers. Edwin, Joris, and Rain record in a number of languages. They sing in English, French, Ukrainian, Russian, German, Polish, I'm not finished, Spanish, Portuguese, Icelandic. Yes, Icelandic. And they sort of combine... New music with traditional rhythms from Ukraine, mixed sometimes a little bit of jazz, a little bit of blues. It's really, as a Swede might say, a smorgasbord. <laughs>
quite fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. We now move to a group also from Ukraine. They're actually based in Ukraine, and they've been around since the mid-1950s. They're called the Early Music Ensemble. Now, there are a number of early music ensembles around the world that play music from the Middle Ages. And this group is also one of the most famous. They've toured Eastern Europe, they've toured Southeast Asia, East Asia, and they're currently in London getting ready to record a new album, which is going to be music from Ukraine from the Middle Ages. They haven't recorded much Ukrainian music. Most of it is either Italian, French, or British. But nevertheless, they're quite fascinating. And I love the sound, especially of music from that period. The musicians themselves have been classically trained. A number of them graduated from the Tchaikovsky Music Conservatory in Russia, the National Academy of Music in Kiev, and a few of them even graduated from Juilliard in New York City. So let's take a listen now to a very interesting piece that, I'll call it, say, um, dance music from the Middle Ages. Quite nice. I was really getting into that. A lot, unfortunately, a lot of the pieces off their CDs are quite short. Their running time maybe one minute, at the most, maybe two minutes. To end off this little program, I thought we'd end with a composer who also played piano. His family actually moved to the United States from Russia, but his great-great-great-grandmother was from Ukraine. Who am I talking about? I am talking about George Gershwin. That's right. George Gershwin's great-great-great-grandmother was from Ukraine. So we're going to end off with prelude number two for piano, performed by George Gershwin himself, recorded in 1925.
and again many thanks to Keith Perron of PCJ Radio International for putting together that delightful radio documentary for us. This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. Cossacks with their signature song, Hey Tanakubani. In the spring of 2018, Nash Holos aired a three-part series on the Kuban Cossacks, which came to us courtesy Irena Bell, host of the Ukrainian Hour in Ottawa. That happened in the fall of 2017, and on November 7th, I spoke with the narrator of the series, Nadia Kazimira. Here's that interview now. Recently, my friend and colleague Irena Bell aired a three-part series on her show called 40 Years in Show Business, The Legacy of the Kuban Cossacks. Irena's show airs weekly on Chin Radio in Ottawa and features interesting guests and guest commentaries by freelance contributors. One of her contributors is Nadia Kazimira, who produced and hosted this feature on the Kuban Cossacks, a truly remarkable troupe of Ukrainian singers and dancers from London, England, that toured the world in the 1960s and 70s and became a sensation in the entertainment world. Nadia kindly agreed to tell us the story behind the story of her Kuban Cossacks feature, as well as a bit about herself. So thank you for joining us, Nadia. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate that. So how long have you known Irena Bell and uh, been contributing to her show? Well, Irena Bell and I met quite a long time ago, probably around 1976, when I moved from Saskatchewan to Ottawa to continue my university studies. And at that time, she was very active, as she has always been, in the Mm -hmm. Ukrainian community. And I was becoming acquainted with the Ukrainian community in Ottawa. That's how I met her. So well, we'll get to the Kuban Cossacks in a minute, but tell me some of the other contributions that you've made to Irena's show. Well, Irena has been hosting her show for many, many years and does it almost always by herself mm-hmm. with her input. And, and she's the lead, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the last couple of years, others have helped with small features or some people have even taken over the entire show. And I'm interested in Ukrainian music. I'm interested in people associated with music. And so when I approached uh, Irena, I said, would you be interested in having something done about, for example, Michael Minsky? I was fascinated by this particular baritone opera singer. Ah. And another was that I found very interesting was Solomia Krushenitska, who mm-hmm. was a renowned opera singer from Ukraine who toured the world at that time in the 19th century, beginning of the 20th. I was interested in St. Vlad's Choir in the seminary uh, in Roblin, Manitoba. So I've done short pieces 
off and on for, I guess, almost 10 years for yeah. Irena. So uh, would you consider yourself then like a freelance broadcaster or just a, kind of a specialist in Ukrainian music that you love to share? I don't know what I would consider myself. <laughs> I would never say I was a specialist. I just, I have a background in music. Uh-huh. I have degrees in history. I would say that I'm a researcher and I love to research and I thought uh, it would be wonderful to share some of this. There are so many interesting things happening in the Ukrainian community. Oh, yeah. Uh, within Canada and abroad and have happened in the past. And with time, things are forgotten. So I thought, hmm, I should try and assemble something that would be appropriate for radio and share it with Irena. And she usually uses what I produce. And shares it uh, with others, as she's done with this series and the Roblin uh, Choir as well. And a lot of these, I have to say, Nadia, bear rebroadcasting because people forget, and they are wonderful stories. They're a treasure that we do need to preserve. So thank you for doing this work. I'm sure you don't get... Thank you for... For providing the venue for sharing. That is what many people don't realize, that you need venues, you need people who uh, facilitate these things. And so I'm in awe of those individuals, such as yourself, such as Irena, and others in broadcasting who do this weekly, or some do it daily. Uh Um, This is a tremendous amount of work. Yeah, well, it is, and we don't really, I'm sure you don't, as as we don't, get paid to do it <laughs> for the most part. Oh, we get paid the Ukrainian way. Yeah, okay. And a big thank you, mm-hmm. and a big thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you know what, we do this for love, not money, and uh, so thank you again for doing this. So how did you become acquainted with the Kuban Cossacks? Well, the Kuban Cossacks originated from Australia and left Australia to Europe uh, in the late 50s, early 60s. But from there, they ended up in the United States. In 1972, when I was attending and completing my studies at the University of Regina, I was also at the same time the president of the Ukrainian Students Club called the Alpha Omega. That's the tradition out west in Saskatchewan. Uh And Susk was approached by the organizers of the Kuban Cossack Tour of Canada. And from there, I was approached to if I could help with uh, promotion and some facilitation ticket sales for their uh, performance in Regina. And so that is how I became acquainted with them, and particularly their performance in the fall of 1972, But I had read about them in uh, Ukrainian newspapers. My parents subscribed to just about everything produced Mm -hmm. in Canada by Mm -hmm. the Ukrainians. (laughs) So from the United States. Right. So I knew of them. Okay, so it sounds like you're just a couple of years older than me because 72 is the year I graduated from high school and I was in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, and I had no idea that this group was around. Never heard of them until the 1990s when uh, I was doing Nash Holis with a couple of colleagues, one of whom knew about them. That was, I thought that they were based in London, I guess because maybe the album that we had, they got a lot of airplay on, on that uh, incarnation of Nash Holis, and I guess it must have been recorded in London because that is the one where they had London, the London well, Bridge did. in background. They did. They had a base in Paris, and they had a base in London, England. And for a good many years, given the fact that they had access to people in the advertising business, they had direct access to uh, the big bands of uh, Great Britain uh, and their own efforts, they were so busy dancing and they were so busy trying to find their next performance Mm -hmm. that they had to assemble certain efforts that they did in recording. And that's how... um, the credits appear always that um, the recordings were made in London for parts of what appeared in Canada and in the United States because they created three LPs during their career. So they certainly they were very uh, international, and uh, what an amazing group. I mean, they were so talented, you know, just listening to the music, not seeing them dance, and of course they're very, very smart businessmen. Well, the only one whom I've been acquainted with, and that's through email and constant correspondence, is Vasil Kovalenko. 
And the Sich Kovalenko is the last remaining Kuban Cossacks oh. of the original ensemble of three. Oh. And that's what I always thought. There were only three. But really, it's a brand name. And uh-huh. as their repertoire developed and as opportunities presented, the name was used for an ensemble that included more than just the three. So they had uh, young women dancing, mm-hmm. also singing. They had bands, and they had other dancers. Some of them were from Canada. Some of them were from the United States. Many of, of the singers, for example, were not of Ukrainian background. So oh. they were very clever yeah. in giving them roles to sing so that you wouldn't notice the fact or you wouldn't have to know to speak because their songs were mostly in Ukrainian with some English. But I, I, when I realized this, I, it was like a eureka moment because I couldn't quite understand how did they do all of this yeah. all the time. Yeah, so it was really a, a, a business venture. They very smart businessmen, and, and it was wonderful that they did this because they left such a legacy. Yes, they did. At the time in Canada, you mentioned your roots in Yorkton in the, the late 60s, early 70s. There wasn't much of this available. No. And certainly there were certain people of my generation, not necessarily me, but others, some of the colleagues that I knew, who were interested in bringing Ukrainian music and anything that was interesting to the radio and to sharing to share it with people through records. And so when this came on, this was absolutely revolutionary for mm-hmm. uh, the baby boomers. We hadn't heard mm-hmm. anything like this before. So no. We were quite taken. Yeah, but it's different from the kind of music that I grew up. Well, if you're from Saskatchewan, where in Saskatchewan are you from? I um, lived and grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan. Okay, so, yeah, so not far from Yorkton. So my no. my grandparents were homesteaders, and then um, we lived a little bit of time on the homestead farm, and then, you know, moved to, uh, out to Yorkton and other small communities. And so there really wasn't much, really, for Ukrainian culture. There was the church, and there was the Ukrainian radio show, Dan Chomlak. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, that was it. And my parents liked the old polkas that were not even so much purely Ukrainian. They were a mishmash of all the settlers. So, so there was lots of there was Polish and Czech and Norwegian and and Celtic and everything kind of mishmashed in there. Lovely, lovely. It's a genre unto itself. I think it's the people in Ontario and Quebec now call it Ukrainian country music. It was very different from the, what the Kuban Cossacks brought. Well, Kuban Cossacks was for a different kind of audience. They wanted to, uh, shall we say, take the cabaret world by storm. Right. They were on international stages, but big dance floors where you had big bands. Um, they also had humor, uh, which they included in their in their shows. Um, they had singing. Uh, which they included. But it was a different form of entertainment for a different kind of audience. That's why uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, they were very active in the United States, particularly uh, in Reno, Nevada. Um, They were in Palm Springs. They were involved in the casinos and providing the four shows there. No kidding. So it was different kind of yeah, performance. And yes. for a different audience. So it had to be a lot more polished. So. Well, I think because they were high energetic, very vibrant, uh, very colorful, mm-hmm. very sleek, yeah. athletic, they captivated their audiences. And they had a huge following, a huge, huge following. Who knew? This is so amazing to me because, you know, this was just happening totally oblivious. I've considered myself, you know, very much in touch with my roots and, and also, you know, doing this program for almost 30 years, knowing my music. And I certainly knew about the Kuban Cossacks, but not in this depth. So this is fantastic that you undertook this project. And so what was it that spurred you to do it? I mean, they've been off the scene for really for 45 years, right? And, and, and many of them have, have passed on now. And Well, you see, there's one mistake in what you've just said. Oh. What I always thought as well. <laughs> well, they're off the scene. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. But it could have been that they managed others to dance. And they used the name Kuban Cossacks. It wasn't necessarily the three that started. But they may have taught 
various dance routines, and so on and so forth. So the Kuban Cossacks, really, the nucleus started in 1956 in Australia, uh-huh. moved on to Europe, then North America, and then, of course, they traveled around the world. So I don't know whether there were other people dancing at that time with them or not. Hmm. Or what did the act contain? I don't know. But the name continues, and, and certainly it continues to this day. Wow. And wow. Uh, it was Vasil Kovalenko, absolutely. He is very proud of what they did. There was nothing like that on the stage. He's mentioned this to me many times when we've corresponded. They wanted to uh, share the Ukrainian culture around the world with many people who were not familiar with it and to be proud of it. And that's what he is doing to this very day. When he writes his letters, always, Slava Ukraini, Kubanski Kozak, Vasil Kovalenko. That's the way he signs his letters. How did you hook up with him? Well, it started with one of the Kumpan brothers. That would have been Mikola Kumpan died in Paris. And there was a review of his life and a tribute to him in, in an Australian newspaper, but Ukrainian. Who, it was signed by Vasil Kovalenko. Okay. And so I, had, I contacted the newspaper, and that's how it happened. Okay, so you reached out to him, and he very, uh, was very happy to um, help you with... With your uh, yes, he was. Uh, we had a wonderful collaborative relationship, and I've, I'm very indebted to him for all his assistance. And he was involved at every step of the way to, to verify the information that I had, because it was a tremendous amount of digging, 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 from newspapers, trying to get the music, and, of course, knowing what would be appropriate for radio, uh, trying to find people who had known of the Kuban Cossacks, attended their concerts, getting their thoughts, getting reviews. It's a lengthy process. Yeah. So it was also, I imagine, a bit of a technical challenge. You had some help? Yes, I most certainly did. My three programs dealing with the Kuban Cossacks wouldn't have seen the light of day if it hadn't been for a wonderful technician who knows music very well, is very skilled, has a good ear, and that was Tom Barnes, who is highly regarded in Ottawa for his skills in uh, in the Ottawa area. So that would, would have made things a little bit easier for you, because it sounds like the research was quite a challenge. <laughs> well, he didn't do the research. I was the researcher. Right. He did all the technical. <laughs> yeah, so, so at least that was off your plate. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks to Tom for, for doing such a wonderful job with this series. So did you have any particular challenges that kind of stand out in your mind? Well, time is a challenge, of course. It (laughs) took a long time because this was something undertaken off and on. And during the process, some of the original recordings, which are on tape, um, which I didn't have, but Vasil Kovalenko did, deteriorated considerably. And then there were problems to try and to reconstruct what was on those tapes. I also lost some material at one point. <laughs> oh, dear. Lots of problems. Oh. And then verifying verifying the accuracy according to the timeline and recognizing that what I was doing was for radio. And yeah. this was not something for publication. It was to be suitable for radio, and I hope it it is. Yeah. What would you say you enjoyed most about doing this series? I think the sense of discovery and collaboration. I think those two are the most... Uh, important elements associated with this initiative for me. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I enjoy too about doing this is the collaboration and, and discovery of new music and meeting new people. And so mm-hmm. it was an absolute delight talking with you, Nadia, and uh, getting to know you. Thanks so much for the work that uh, you've done and that you still do delving into our wonderful Ukrainian music heritage. And I'm sure I can speak for Nash Holos listeners that uh, we all look forward to hearing this three-part series on the Kuban Cossacks on upcoming editions of the show. Well, thank you very much, but I do hope your listeners will have a little ear out for snippets from the Ed Sullivan Show, oh. from Bing Crosby. Uh-huh. Uh, there, there are little treasures. Yes, oh. I was thrilled when I found these, uh. thanks to Vasil Kovalenko. Nadia, thank you once again. Прошу дуже. Головна мета Ukraine War Amps це допомога пораненим воїнам та патріотам, які захищають свободу своєї країни у сьогоднішній війні за Україну. 
Ukraine War Amps представляє програму «Всинови солдата». З вашою підтримкою наша організація зможе передавати принаймні 50 доларів США щомісяця для цільової підтримки якомога більшого числа українських героїв. 100% зібраних коштів буде передано напряму героям, пораненим у війні за Україну. Програма «Всинови солдата» будує унікальний зв'язок між вами і солдатом, якого ви підтримуєте. Все починається з вас. Візьміть під опіку солдата. Підтримайте героя України. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is a bi-weekly series sponsored by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, featuring stories of Ukrainians and Jews working together in solidarity and harmony to restore and strengthen centuries-old bonds and affinities nearly destroyed by hostile outside forces in the bloody 20th century and even today. Tune in next week for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Чат я сторонюсь, і навіть розмовляти з ними я боюсь. Такий характер в мене, нещастя не мале, мовчу, бо всі говорять, але, але. На трамвайні зупинці я зустрів дівчат чудове, почалась я розмова за словечком слова, і про все. Бур'я весняна, так раптом і неждано прийде одного дня. Пора вже розставатись, мов вже додому час. Пробачте, як вас багати, а вас, а вас на трамвайні зупинці. Я зустрів дівчат чудове, почалася розмова. За словечком слова, і про все ми забули. Чого ж то все ми з нею стоїмо і Поки час даю вам чесне слово, аж тут якраз на трамвайні зупинці я зустрів дівчат чудове, почалася розмова за словечком слова, і про все ми забули, іде трамвай за трамваєм, та чого ж то все. And a group that was very popular back in the 1970s and 80s, uh, Darka and Slavko from the United States. And they were a very prolific and popular duo musically. And also they were a married couple. Unfortunately, they, the marriage went uh, further south and they split up. And, but they are re-emerging, I've noticed, on the musical scene separately, but apparently amicably. So uh, we'll hopefully bring you some of their solo work in the near future. Coming up next is a group that's been around for a long time, I think in several incarnations. They are from Edmonton, and uh, here they are with a classic Oitaduna. Oi, tá indo na dúvida 
Děkujeme všichni členy naše programu Poránem pro štátesia na štěldejn týždejn, protože často domů vyskazáte do pobáčenia. Ale před tím já chci zalešit vás takými slovami mudrostia. Tycha voda berehe lomet. And our proverb of the week translates as silent waters cut away the shore. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. Just a reminder that you can get the podcast links and much more information at our website, which is www.nashholos.com. So please uh, visit us there in between broadcasts as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And um, if you feel inclined, uh, please support us on Patreon. And you'll find all the links there at our website, www.nashholos.com. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.